Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily and welcome to Master Leadership Through Crisis series, where we will connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important questions to help us navigate through rough waters. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Katherine Taylor is the founder of Taylor Legal Law Practice, where they represent business owners and property owners who want to protect or increase the value of their assets by providing sound legal advice. Their firm has grown rapidly because they've transformed client experience from the ground up. Here, you'll hear Catherine talk about best legal practices for scaling personal client relationships through effective leadership. Our interview will continue after messages from our sponsors. If you want to make money and change lives by selling your knowledge online, do not launch an online course. Only 6% of those are ever completed. Create instead your own branded app and launch the ultimate learning experience that sells. Passion.io is a drag and drop platform where you create interactive content to sell using your own branded app. Forget any tech hassles. You deserve a platform that makes it easy. You can move your existing clients, you can reach new clients, or you can even swap your online course for something that actually works. Delight clients with downloadable and even live content. You can trigger instant action using push notifications, generate more revenue with single touch payment, and you can stream across all devices. Best yet, Try it for free for 14 days. Go to masterleadership.org forward slash passion and get started today. Welcome, Catherine Taylor. How are you? Very well. How are you, Lily? I'm doing well, considering. Uh, We're so happy to have you on our podcast. Now, are you ready to pour into our listeners? Absolutely. Fantastic. Now, Catherine, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. What I'm doing now is running, and by running, I mean doing essentially everything, you know, that the CEO, COO of the larger organization would do, but for a much smaller organization. I'm running a small law practice based out of Maryland. We interestingly have had a remote workforce for more than a number of years, And fortunately, during the lockdown, when the pandemic started, we were already working remotely and had already set that up. But going back, my journey in terms of the starting of my law practice began 15 years ago when I started out on my own with one client. I did soon thereafter hire an office manager and, you know, didn't really think of myself as a leader per se, but over the years, what I've realized is that 
um, certainly leading this organization, but even more than that, I feel like I've been a catalyst for hiring people to bring out their capabilities. Because what has happened over the years that I've been in business, the people who I've hired to work with me have been extremely talented. And I feel like I've been able to kind of capitalize on what their unique talents are. And many times, if I didn't hire them for a particular purpose after I got to know them and see what kind of work they could do, then I would move their work into what they're best at. And to me, that is really what part of leading is all about, understanding the people who you're working with and who are working for you. And trying to figure out what they're best at and hoping to not only seize upon and use those talents, but help them improve themselves as they go mm -hmm. forward. You know, I think about attorneys, good attorneys. Right. So good attorneys are good listeners. Good attorneys read between the lines. Good attorneys yes. are good at observing people and also you know, pulling out the value. Yes. So this just makes sense. It you really know? does. I yeah. haven't thought about it in that respect before, but it really does. It's interesting because I think that so many lawyers, because they're so involved with the substance of the work that they do, you know, are not as able, not because of their own inherent talents, but probably because of the pressures they have on them, not as able to really get to know people that are working for them or, you know, kind of along with them to help them and bring them along. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I've done really ever since I started in practice years ago at a very large law firm in Baltimore. I was more junior associate, mm -hmm. but I was kind of put in charge of the hiring and supervision, so to speak, of the paralegals. From that point on, I've kind of taken on these roles, mainly because I enjoy it, but I think that when you explained how, you know, a lawyer needs to kind of analyze, let's say, a set of facts and, and find out what fits best in an argument or in an efficacy kind of position, you can do the same thing with people. It has to be very authentic, but you can do the same thing with people and really create a great organization because if people are doing what they really enjoy what they know they're good at, what they have some passion to do, they're going to be more motivated. I think they're going to do a better job and they're going to want to stick around because they feel like, you know, their own talents are being worked on and they're always getting better. Yeah, certainly valuing other people is important. You mentioned you were in a large law firm and now yeah. you have your own law firm. So there was a point where you pivoted. There was a point where you thought, you know what, I need to start my own thing. Tell us about that. Well, when I first started out, I was at a large law firm doing commercial litigation, which is very high pressure, lots of hours. And while I loved it while I was there, I feel like I got a lot of really great experience. What I realized is that the lifestyle was not going to be what I wanted going forward. 
So while I was on partner track and, you know, probably would have made partner within a year or so, I decided to leave. And at that point, I went to work for local government here in Howard County in Maryland in the county attorney's office. Was there for about 10 years and did a wide variety of work. And then I realized that I was getting a little stagnant. And at that point is when I started to realize that I wanted to break out on my own and start my own practice. Mm. I did think about it a whole lot and finally kind of made the decision to take the leap. Mm-hmm. And it was a little scary, but you know, that was 15 years ago. And I feel like I definitely made the right decision. You know, I wrote down some things and I wrote down that you're a risk taker. Mm. which is a really good thing to be in leadership, a smart risk taker, calculated risk taker. And you follow your heart and your passion and you're courageous. Oh, Um, thank you. (laughs) Those are amazing things to be as a leader. And I want to honor you. And now you mentioned that most of your work was online. So um, the lockdown really didn't affect a lot of your work. What kind of law do you practice? I represent small businesses and small business owners and also handle a lot of real estate related work. Over the years, the type of work that I've done has changed. And about three years ago or so, I made a very intentional decision to niche my practice down more narrowly because I really did want to focus on representing businesses and business owners. And Usually I say I represent business owners rather than businesses. And that's because I really like the human connection. I do want to work with people. I like helping people, but because I have a business and financial background, you know, it really kind of fits in quite nicely with what I really enjoy, what I'm good at. And, you know, it's easy to sell myself, so to speak, Mm -hmm. when I'm authentically enjoying the work that I do and the people that I work with. But going back to the online, when I started my practice, as I said before, I was one person and had an office in my basement and thought I would get out of my basement and get commercial office space at some point. And I was actually working from a home-based office before working from home became cool. (laughs) We were forced (laughs) upon us as in this pandemic. And so when I actually, many times would kind of pretend when I talk to clients that I didn't work from a home-based office. Now, we've always had commercial office space that we use to meet clients and get our mail and have receptionist service. So over the years, when I would hire somebody like a bookkeeper and a paralegal and another lawyer, because I didn't have commercial office space, we needed for them to have the ability, not only for them to work from a home-based office, but for us to communicate and have access to all the resources we needed right at our fingertips. And so I invested in a cloud-based server so we all could have access to the same set of documents in real time. And from that point, we began to create a paperless office so that we get mail in, whatever we get in is scanned, put online, so whatever person needs to see it can have access to it. And so we already had those systems in place. Fortunately, we have for quite a long period of time because of the fact that many of the people who have worked with me over the years are moms, 
mm-hmm. who want to have a flexible schedule. For instance, the woman who is my bookkeeper, she has a CPA, but she formerly worked for a CPA firm, you know, works from a home-based office managing her husband's business, but also doing bookkeeping for other small businesses. And she's doing that because of the fact that she has two young children. And it's just kind of turned out that I feel like I've found to work with some really talented women who, for whatever reason, are not in the full-time workforce or in the full-time, let's say, nine to five, checking into an office type of workforce. And I've been very flexible and accommodating with those schedules. And I think by doing that, I've been able to keep these very talented people. Hey, leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. Did you know there's an island in the Mediterranean where the cost of living is a fraction of where you live now? Where the property value is one-third of any other Mediterranean country? Where you can swim in the cleanest waters in Europe? Where you can enjoy 300 days per year of sunshine, eat organic food, live in one of the safest countries in the world while being surrounded by breathtaking sea and mountain views? Welcome to North Cyprus. The amazing quality of life on the island of Cyprus has been known for many centuries. Many come to Cyprus today to invest in a booming property market. Win Campus is a unique concept where growth-minded individuals come together to focus on optimal health, collaboration, business growth, and building a lifelong community like you've never experienced before. Investments start at 77,000, 30% down, and no interest payment plan. To learn more, schedule a discovery call at masterleadership.org forward slash travel and learn about investing in a place where you come alive. That's such a blessing. Um, and I know what you're saying because I had an early intervention agency at one time in my basement and I hired a mom. I was working with her child and I saw this mom and how amazing she was. And so, yeah, Catherine, where can our listeners reach you? The best thing to do is to go on to our website. Uh, you can call us, you can email me directly at ktaylor, K-T-A-Y-L-O-R at taylorlegal.com. Perfect. During this time, during times of crisis, what quotes, advice, or practice has helped you most? You got to just keep on going. And I know that sounds a little trite, but we've all had our own challenges. I feel fortunate that I haven't had anything as challenging as so many more people have, but there are definitely challenges. I mean, for a couple of weeks, our phone didn't ring. You know, we weren't getting in new calls, new clients, but you just have to have faith that if you keep doing what you're doing or maybe switch gears a little bit, but you just have to kind of keep moving forward as hard as it might be sometimes. So keep serving people, keep being available. to Absolutely. As I said, you know, for a couple of weeks, our phone didn't ring. And, you know, any small business owner is going to go, oh my God, you know, what's Mm -hmm. going on? Of course, you know, the world was in Mm -hmm. a difficult situation and has been since. But rather than just freaking out, one thing I did try to do is start reading up on the stimulus loans that were coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I kept 
daily tabs on what was going on in terms of the availability of the various loan programs, how you apply, what you need when you apply. I did a number of videos that I sent to clients and non-clients basically saying, here's what you can do if you want to get a PPP loan or an idle loan. So what I tried to do is just kind of keep helping in kind of a different way. You know, I wasn't clients that I was billing, but I was doing something that made me feel good and kept me busy and also allowed me to kind of give back to people who I either served as a lawyer in the past or colleagues, you know, a lot of law firm colleagues of mine were interested in all of these issues also. And Catherine, that's why we have you on the podcast, because you're such an awesome servant leader. Um, <laughs> and, and we appreciate that. Um, so as a lifelong learner, Catherine, what are you learning right now? Yoga. <laughs> I love yoga. Tell me what you're learning. Yeah, so I can almost do a headstand without having my back against the wall. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm working on binds, which I have not in the past, you know, been able to do very well. So yoga to me is a great way to kind of keep your mind and your body in shape. And it's a practice and it's something that you can always do really from anywhere. You can always get better and stronger. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so my goal at the beginning of this year was to be able to do a headstand. And, um, and you're almost there. I'm almost there. I, mean, I can definitely do it, <laughs> but with the wall behind me. Okay. All right. So Catherine, when you think of leadership today, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? What most concerns me about leadership, and I'm putting that term in quotes, is the tendency of people to confuse a real leader with someone really just posing as a leader. And I think when I say that, I mean, you know, you can go online on social media, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and you see people who have tons of followers, let's and are considered influencers. I don't necessarily know that they're leaders. And I don't think you have to have tons of followers or be a social media influencer to be a good leader. You, know, you can be a good leader of a very small group. You can be a leader in your family in a very small organization. I mean, my organization is very small. You can definitely be a leader in a huge organization, but I really think the true leaders are those people just kind of in everyday society who don't have leader on their back, you know, when they're walking around but they live as if they are leaders. I recently heard a talk by John Maxwell and he wrote the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And one of the irrefutable laws was one of the main ones is that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Well, he has since recanted that because okay. of social media. He no longer believes that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Leadership is good influence, coupled with a whole bunch of other things. But social media has pivoted him. You know, it was one of the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, and now it's not so irrefutable anymore. Being an influencer doesn't necessarily mean you're a leader, but certainly right. leaders do influence. Absolutely. Very influential in positive ways. Absolutely. 
and in very different ways than you see, you know, kind of the social media realm. Your social media is a good thing if it's used responsibly. Yes. So thank you so much for that. Now you have an option. You okay. can either answer a question from a former guest or you can share a challenge or a struggle that you learned from. Hmm. I'll share a struggle that I've learned from. Okay. So I mentioned earlier that several years ago, I decided to not really change the focus of my work, but narrow it down and, and kind of refocus. In doing that, what I needed to do is change my client development strategies, change my marketing strategies. And one thing I did is I signed up for an executive coaching program and I kind of say this somewhat humorously, but it really did happen. So basically its program was a coach who had quarterly workshops with a group of people and then supposedly had monthly one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. These workshops were all day with a group of small business owners, not all lawyers. And a couple of times I came out of those workshops almost in tears because the style of the coach was to constantly be calling people, asking people to go to lunch or, you know, having coffees. This was before COVID. And he made it very clear that in his own life and his own business, his passions or his goals were power and money. And that obviously carried through in the way that he dealt with the people who signed up for his program. And what I quickly realized is that that wasn't me. I'm not a salesperson. I cannot push people into doing something that they don't want to do to close a deal. And so there was a time when I felt like if I didn't do these things that he was proposing, I would be a failure because I wouldn't be able to get business. I wouldn't be able to get clients. And fortunately, I didn't feel like that for too long, but it really took some deep down thinking about, do I want to even continue in this line of business, so to speak? Because if I have to go out there and be essentially a high pressure salesperson, that's just not me. It's not me authentically, and I'm not going to succeed. Well, what I realized is that you have to be yourself authentically in order to have somebody else decide they're going to do business with you. And so you have to figure out what that is. You know, if it's a gentler approach, if it's one-on-one -on -one meetings, whatever it is, you can't force yourself to be somebody who you're not. So you have to figure out who you are and capitalize on what your own strengths are and use those strengths to project outward. And people will want to do business with you. You know, people who are appreciative of what you have to offer because they see that real person and not something fake trying mm -hmm. to get them to sign a contract, so to speak. In hindsight, what would you do differently? I would have done a little more research first in looking at what this program was and who the coach was. Yeah. You know, I had never really used or hired an executive or business coach in the past. And what I came to realize is that just like any other profession, Right. There are coaches who have different personalities and different approaches, not only to business, but to life. Right. And those things have to 
align, you know, not perfectly, but there has to be some alignment of those overall philosophies in order for you to be able to, number one, to understand, but also respond to and carry what you learn through to your own practice. And and I appreciate you sharing that because we have interviewed many coaches. I'm a coach myself and it's important to do the homework. It's important to align. Now, Catherine, as a listener of this podcast, what is a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? What is the one quality you believe you have yourself that is most important in making you a leader? All right, perfect. Now, Catherine, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Just have faith in yourself. That's Mm -hmm. mainly what I like to impart on not only my clients, but the people who work with me, work for me, because everybody's got something really good to offer. And you just need to be confident that what you have to offer is going to be appreciated and used in a positive way. And once again, our listeners who are business owners and need an attorney, where should they contact you? TaylorLegal.com. Catherine, thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.